Welcome back to Silo by Story Archives, the official number one silo podcast in the world. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary Newton, your other host. Welcome. All right, ladies and gents, we are back. Episode five, The Janitor's Boy, Deep Dive Edition by yours truly. Zach, fast paced episode? It was. There was. I mean, there was a lot that happened here. It was a really good episode, but I was heartbroken at the beginning. I met some detractors. I met a couple of people this weekend who one said, I didn't like that episode. Why? Because the second person said, you know, this show makes Game of Thrones look like a, like a child's daycare. Like, main <laughs> characters are just dying left and right off camera. <laughs> um, there's no plot armor for anyone. So, we're, mm-hmm. you know, five episodes in, we've lost the first Six protagonist people. we met. We lost his wife. We lost, we've lost four protagonists. So, the bad guys right now, four zip or five zip, actually. Well, we lost Wilkins, I mean, we, we, too. We lost Wilkins. Yeah, Alston, we, I, Allison, Johns, Marnes, Wilkins. Five. And we lost, well, I guess he's not, he's not a good guy, but we did guy. lose Trumbo. Trumbo's got to be one of the most random characters to just come in and out, like, as an assassin. And then just fizzle out and be thrown off from floor 120 down to the bottom. It did feel a little pointless. I mean, we didn't see much of him. I, whatever it was was to set Sims up to to be this, uh, I guess, really macho man. You know, he's uh, he's in charge. Don't know of what. I Large still want to know what's charge. behind the janitor's door. Yeah, but. How are you going to have an assignment to kill the mayor, the chief deputy, and I don't know how Wilkins talk comes into play here, but you got this huge job. That's a pretty big assassination job right there. Mm-hmm. I swear, if we're getting scanned for SEO on audio, we're going to get so flagged for, for just saying stuff like this, but that's a pretty <laughs> big assassination job, you know? Yeah. John's is like the president of the silo, for goodness sake. So, he's like pretty much coordinating the assassination of, of the entire leader, a leader who's been in power for 40 years in the silo. And yeah. you're going to give that to your shadow? That's like giving the kid who was uh, fixing the reactor or a generator in episode three, that's like giving that kid the, the job to just take care of the entire generator, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, they did it in that episode. Why not in this episode? It just didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me how you could leave someone who... There could be that many loose ends, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, the whole purpose of killing them was to what, keep order in the silo, right? Yeah. It, it seems to me that killing the mayor and the deputy after the sheriff and his wife had gone outside and supposedly died would cause more of an uproar than just letting Juliet be the sheriff. Was the plan, do you think the plan was always to kill the mayor after Holston went out? Do you think that this was a direct response to the sheriff going out to clean? Or is it because Mayor Johns Hmm. didn't want to put their pick for sheriff in charge? It's probably because Mayor Johns didn't want to put their pick for sheriff in charge. And she was willing to hear, I guess, Juliet or meet Juliet at the very least. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the way that I read it. Because it, without her, then, well, it's up to 
but Marnes, I guess he could he could decide or help yeah. overrule it at the very least. Um, we we open this yeah. episode with the death of Marnes, R.I.P. Yeah. Deputy Marnes. We thought you'd get some sort of arc of redemption or Seriously. some semblance of happiness, but instead you just got your skull bashed in by the butt of your own shotgun. You know, honestly, like thinking back on this now and rewatching this again. Maybe that's the best thing for him because uh, we, you, I think you had mentioned. <laughs> no, honestly, though, you had mentioned at the end of I think it was the previous episode. There's, there's no happiness there's for this no guy peace anymore. For him. Yes, yes. Like this is this in in, a, in an unfortunate way is his peace. If you ever feel that way about me, don't bash my head in with a shotgun. You I won't. I'll I mean? shoot you. Wow. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but nah. seriously, what a way to go, right? Yeah, really. What a way to go. I, w- I, w- I probably would have rather have been shot than to get my face pounded in, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm making that assumption. You can't, you know how loud a shotgun shot would be in a silo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I watched um, this episode with um, Marnes' death and whatnot, if you're killing Marnes, why don't you check his pockets for papers? Maybe they're not on to the whole situation of what's going down with um with the Kennedys, with Wilkin. Like maybe they're not privy. Maybe they're just so in their own world, their own motives that they don't really know what Marnes was up to. They just and what's the point of killing Marnes if you really think about it? Yeah. I I'm still trying to figure that out. It's an unanswered question for me, but I don't he has no sway. On decision making, other than maybe they know he's in love with her, right? Mm-hmm. He's in love with Mary Johns, and so he's not going to stop until they find out. He finds out who kills him, which would leave him to judicial. I guess that would be the 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 motive there, right? Yeah, I f- I feel like this this janitor thing might be like the dark arm of judicial, right? That way, yeah, it's like because the, because it, it wasn't service. me; it was this yeah. weird janitor thing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe who knows? I I am a little fuzzy on. I guess the the true reasoning behind killing off it, at least Marnes. I could I could understand trying to kill the mayor, um, hoping that you did it before she signed Juliet into I guess office as a sheriff. But yeah, Marnes to me seems seems kind of like an odd one. I guess it's more of just like tying up loose ends. Like you know he's going to be a thorn in your side until he finds who did it. Well, yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting things going on because. They don't know Juliet's connection to Wilkins. Like we do know that that was that Trumbull made a mistake, according to Sims later in the episode. But they don't know that Juliet had a relationship with Wilkins, an unsanctioned relationship. Mm. They don't know how she ties into everybody. She doesn't know. They don't know that she had a connection with Holston. So there's a lot of things under, just below, surface that Judicial doesn't know about, and just how she is the key to pretty much connecting each one of these pieces. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the interesting way that the season develops because, as we know, she's going to continue to try to find who killed George. But unfortunately for her, the killer of George is dead now. So that's true. How on earth do you find out if the killer's dead? You know, I'm I'm interested to find out that. And we open the episode where she's reviewing the file Holston has on Wilkins, mm-hmm. but she says to Martha, the her sort of like her mother figure in the down deep, the the one yeah. who lives in the workshop pretty much. She tells her, 
Yeah, I looked through Holston's file on Wilkins. He had one hiding, but I don't know why he had it hiding. It had nothing that I didn't already know. So another unanswered question as to why was Holston hiding this file with information that she already knew, and how was that so pertinent that he felt that he needed to hide it? Mm -hmm. Or maybe something's hiding in plain sight in that file that she hasn't discovered yet. That would be my guess. It, it might be my assumption is maybe something in there will tie into what we see on the hard drive, mm -hmm. which she has still yet to find. Yeah. I want to talk about Bernard. Uh, Bernard feels like Switzerland in this episode, in a way. I, I, I don't know. Switzerland with a drinking problem. <laughs> okay. All right. The, maybe, the, I'll, maybe I'll give you that one. Does he have a drinking problem? <laughs> issue or is he just I trying to live it up he has a drinking issue he's just pal i mean who knows what's going to happen to all of her her liquor i think i, I mean, might do the same thing if i was him because it's free it's, well, it's, like, it's, it's you old don't get, it's from the old times you don't get access to it he's he seems like he actually doesn't want to be mayor so he's just freaking eating up all the delicacies from the food store because i mean it's really reckless to be honest with you in terms of like it's a really like it's a lot of the lack of respect, really. So there's a big flaw in Bernard's character that he just seems to be like this. What do you call Boosh. somebody who's like just living for pleasure? A hedonist? Maybe. Maybe Jimmy can look that one up. I mean, I, I would, I would call him word. a douchebag, to be honest. Douchebag? Huh? Probably. Well, yeah, a person who believes that the pursuit of pleasure is the most important thing in life. That's right. That seems to be Bernard, in a way. Well, it's kind of interesting, right? Because you have Bernard, mm -hmm. who's kind of just pure, I just want pleasure. You got Sims who thinks that his job is the most important thing he does in the silo. Kind of similar to where we find Juliet at the start of the season where she says, that I do the most important job here in the silo, taking care of this generator. Yeah. So they're maybe they're doing a little thing, the, the writers are, between him and her. Hmm. Um, but a little bit different, right? She, was, yeah. she chose not to shadow her father. He chose to shadow his father. You know, a little yeah. bit. There's something going down there. And then you got Sims who's doing everything for the order of the silo to keep everybody alive. And Juliet's just trying to get to the bottom of the truth. And that truth could disrupt the peace that all three branches historically have fought for in the silo. Yeah. So you got to also think like, is this truth worth it if it's going to lead to the death of all these people? Like, let's say judicial's right. Maybe judicial is right about not wanting people to go outside. Maybe it looks beautiful, but they have good reason that it is horrible outside and they, they will die or it's very difficult to survive. Do you think it would be wiser to lie to all of these people if that were the case? Or would you, would you be the person that be like, no, look, here's, here's the reality. Here's the truth. If you, if you don't believe me, I mean, go walk outside. Well, there is something called the noble lie, right? And sometimes it is, you know, necessary. I, I personally feel that, for example, you know, in, in society, we make assumptions over what leaders do and what people do. We do it in all facets of life. We do it when we watch sports. Oh, what is the coach doing? He had this guy playing the game instead of so-and-so. You know, my beloved Heat just got absolutely heartbroken. The, the worst defeat I've ever seen in franchise history yesterday oh boy. on a tip-in layup to win the game to the most... If you're, if you're a Boston listener, I'm sorry, but Boston fans, sports fans, just some of the most insufferable sports fans, but they don't like us either. It's a beautiful rivalry. I'd say they're our main rival, but the Heat might be the first team 
I'm going on a rabbit hole here. The, the first team <laughs> it's in a fresh wound. <laughs> the first team in 150 NBA playoff matchups to blow a 3-0 lead in a series. Hmm. So if you're a fan, you're like, you know, Spolstra could have done the coach of the Heat. You know, he should have had this person shoot a free throw. Or hey, what you know, why didn't he have coach on the box out at the end of the game? So many things. Or you look at the president and say, why did he do this? Or why did you know? Why mm-hmm. does Biden do this? Why does Trump do that? Well, you don't have all the information that these people have. You're just yeah. assuming from your chair that you do have all the information. I mean, granted, there's some on a basic level, you may just disagree depending on where you line up, but nonetheless, they may have a reason that you don't need to know the answer to because it would not be good for the entire population to know the minute details of something that is critically critical to the safety of everyone in the country. Mm. You know, and so for the silo, if outside looks beautiful, like I think it does, but there is something that will kill you immediately upon stepping outside of the silo. And these people know that if these, if everyone in here sees how gorgeous it looks outside, they're going to want to leave and they're not going to believe us. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's make it look horrible instead to protect them. That is noble in a way. Albeit you are lying to everyone. Yeah, you, you know. are. But I think, what do you, you don't think, I think that it has to be done. If you're going to save these people, it's a burden. Yeah, it's not right necessarily, but it's like a gray area, right and wrong thing. Like, you know for a fact, if everyone, there's a riot and if someone opens the door and everyone goes oh, out, yeah, everyone's yeah, dead. Yeah, you're, if, if, if that's the reality, then yeah, you're, you're all dead. I mean, it, it's, it's, what is that, uh? That move where you run over one person instead of the ten on on a track. Yeah, it's like you, yeah. yeah, it's a basic like utilitarian. You know what's best for the for everyone. You know, mm-hmm. you know. Do you save a hundred people? Do you save ten? You don't. You save a hundred. Yeah. If you can save a hundred, it's not. It's like the Batman Dark Knight situation, right? Do you save the girl you love, or do you <laughs> save this boat full of people? Yeah, and he tries to do both. You know. Yep. So, are you advocating for judicial? Judicial. <laughs> I need you th- more. Are you are you making a statement and saying that you think judicial is is right? I need more information. How am yeah. I supposed to know? Well, I'm just I'm seeing it. it could be a prediction. You never know. Dan from Sweden says that I want too many cops in the silo. <laughs> I I did say you want to control everyone. <laughs> I said we were ruling with an iron fist. In the silo. Just, just deputize the entire population <laughs> of the silo. We're bringing back duels. I mean, everything. Oh, man. You know, this this episode had a really long intro compared to all of the other yes. ones. It took us 15 yes. minutes to get to the intro, like, bumper that we get. I think the editor was just like, shit, 15 minutes in. Just, hey, slide the intro. <laughs> they were like, where can I fit? I can't fit it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We spoke about Bernard's drinking problem. We get to meet Paul Billings for the first time. I think a weasel, a weasel of a guy personally. I completely agree. I completely agree. That's my first impression is weasel. I I went back and forth three times, but you can see the weasel protruding from his, from his face. I can't, I can't stand him. When you watch it again, you see like the little details of how he's completely just a, a mole for judicial. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the burial. Uh, they tend, they latch on to the idea, you know, it's all about shifting narratives in the silo, right? Uh, well, absolutely, yeah. 
because you got to keep these people in order. So they are, you know, plotting for the betterment of everyone else to decide to withhold the truth. You know, they're not rolling out and saying, hey, double homicide mayor and chief deputy killed. Yeah. Uh, nope. They're not doing that. They're deciding to say, hey, they were old. They took a tour down to the bottom of the silo. They came back up. They both died. <laughs> Don't look at their bodies. Trust us. Simultaneous heart attacks. That'd yeah. Yeah. But I did find their burial interesting. That the whole apple orchard is just this giant cemetery. I mean, that's what I'm assuming it is. I don't know where else they're burying people. Unless they're like grinding them up and feeding them. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I'm not making that assumption. Well, you did. One of your assumptions is that the silo is just a, a feeding trough for whatever alien <laughs> creature or sophisticated society <laughs> eats people you know out there could be a factory you never know uh we had an emailer amber who who agrees with you on potentially that the silo is that's why why is it called silo you know a silo is a grain silo there's food inside the silo maybe yeah. there are people or food yeah you know uh, could be a thing by the way for the listeners out there the listeners out there episode five opened up a lot more questions for us as many as it answered it also opened up probably 20 more so mm-hmm. if you got any theories or thoughts in general about what you saw in episode five and where we go from here as as we look forward to episode six coming next week uh email us at contact contact at soapbox.house contact you, at soapbox.house you can right. you can find it in the show notes if you didn't hear me properly okay burial Everyone eats an apple, chews it, throws it in the ground. From death, we get life. Yeah, you can see it. Everything has to have a utility, right? So death yeah. must have a utility for the betterment of the silo. Yeah. Hopefully, you don't run a sp- run out of space for the trees, or do you just start chopping down people at a certain? See point? that? That's what I don't understand. Like I, I, I would imagine <laughs> at this point in time, there would be just it would just be a ton of of graves. Although the the orchard did look a lot larger than I expected. To be completely yeah. honest, like it looked like it went on for a while. Yeah, yeah. It does make you wonder sometimes when they show the scope of the silo, mm-hmm. how deep, how wide are do the floors go? But I don't know. Juliet, I, I imagine pretty, pretty darn wide. Yeah. Juliet gets a visit from uh, Weird Al Yankovic, uh, aka Deputy Hank, from the Down Deep. Kind of has a mixed message of both encouragement and also. A little bit of concern as to whether she will be able to get the job done. But I think the concern is stemming from the fact that nobody in the silo believes that Marnes and Johns died naturally, except for maybe the sheep in the silo, who just believe everything that the yeah that the IT's putting out there. But even when Juliet goes to visit Charles Martin, the old man who's like the first um, suspect that they visit for the potential murder of Marnes. Mm-hmm. He's like a petty thief, you know. He's he robbed some apartments back in the day. Yeah. He says Marnes didn't die of natural causes. You know, he pretty much alludes to the fact that they know he was killed, right? Yeah. I wanted to ask you, was that the same old man who got lost during the blackout? I don't think so. No. That No. From from what I recall, that guy looked much more frail. Yes. I did want to mention something cuz they they the show does a great job of just dropping little nuggets without letting you see, letting you know more. You know, it kind of like, it's a good liar. The show's a good liar to the audience. It keeps them pulled in. Yeah. She mentions that there's no way he would have killed Marn. Look at his hand shaking. He has the syndrome. 
She doesn't say what the syndrome is, but there seems to be some sort of disease or illness inside of the silo that they call the syndrome. And one of the symptoms is like hand shaking in a way. Mm -hmm. May, could it be Parkinson's? Could it be something that we know of, but they haven't discovered the name for the disease in real life? As we know, they don't even know what stars are until this guy yeah. is uh, sketching birds. stars, right? Or swimming, yeah. Yeah. Well, Juliet's stuck with Billings, who's the judicial mole, weasel, whatever you want to call him. Um, but she doesn't trust him, and deservedly so. So she splits off from him to go to her, the true suspect who she wants to look into, who is uh, Patrick Kennedy, right? Mm -hmm. So she goes back to the apartment that her and Marnes went to, and kind of conveniently, she finds everything that was there to set him up. For, for murder, like she goes to the one place that everything is. That, that I found very interesting. She didn't check she got She got there really quick. Very yeah. efficient. Like she could have been there for hours looking for that stuff. But mm -hmm. no, they find, she finds rat poison. She finds a sketch. And she knows that they're trying to set him up. What we find out later is, this is a key detail. This apartment is no longer, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Occupied by Patrick Kennedy. It's occupied by an elderly couple because it seems the silo reassigns assets and property to people just for more room for certain people. Yeah. Uh, so he actually lives on a smaller flat somewhere else. And so Doug Trumbull, this is his F up. He planted the evidence in the wrong apartment, <laughs> which is a major, major screw up, which goes back to what I'm saying. How do you put the rookie in charge of the most important job you've probably ever done? For the silo or for judicial ah that's a good question was he i mean how much of a rookie was he i don't know how long he was i guess shadowing well when sims. billing sees trumbull in sims office he's like trumbull you, you're gonna get trumbull to be your shadow mm. it's almost like who the who's the, that guy you know and it, look <laughs> when i rewatched that scene by the way i think yeah. sims was decided to make him his shadow already. Mm. And it was only after his mess ups that he had to say, hey buddy, I gotta throw you off the cliff here. <laughs> well, not so much say it as, as do it. Really. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it does seem like a really important job to, to task with somebody else, but at the same time, maybe, maybe there's some level of like plausible deniability. How'd you like Juliet um, picking the lock with her sheriff's badge? <laughs> I was surprised that you could pick a lock that easily <laughs> with yeah. such, such an odd device. But I mean, it would be an interesting, um, almost like a Swiss army knife if it was built to do that. Look, there's a, there's a character who I cannot remember her name. Every time I see her, I always forget her name. Um, what is the deputy's name? Marnes? No, not Marnes. The woman. The... The one who acts really rude to Juliet. Oh, she can look that up. San Sandy, Sandy, it? Sandy. Yeah. Sandy played no role in this episode, despite her them giving her a lot of airtime. Her her yeah. stuff was a waste of time throughout the entire episode. She comes yeah. in, she pretty much says, "All right, I'm going to work with you, okay, but only if you find who killed Marnt." Mm -hmm. She gives, she helps in no way. In fact, she kind of gets in the way when she does a little bit when Juliet needs to go after uh to pretty much subvert judicial's plot right because we'll get into that in, in a second um she gets in the way and starts asking like i need to know what's going on like no you really don't 
you really don't need to know what's going on. You're not in charge here. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I thought Sandy. Eh. I I don't like that she was just like at the end of the episode. Oh yeah, I won't be here tomorrow. I I transferred a while. Yeah, ago. you made this whole thing. <laughs> this, this woman, this woman solved this murder in a day, and you're gonna now get reassigned. Just be like, I I would not I would not trust her again after that. Sorry, you you burnt that bridge. She'll come back. Was, and was much of one. She'll come back in some likable way, but she's like, she's so off putting in the way she I, talks. I I think she'll end up turning into like some sort of ally, if you will, from a from a different level. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure she'll end up helping. You know, what did you think about this whole race to the top? It kind of seems like an odd thing to do after your mayor and deputy supposedly died from <laughs> climbing back up to the top. Well, I figure it's to bolster confidence that you can do it without dying. Mm. Um, I also figure they have to build a lore about this world of silo and there has to be sports in it. What do you do when you got no room to play sports? You run up the stairs and make it a race. <laughs> I got to say the runners didn't look very much in shape. Uh, no. <laughs> is that the best they got on the silo? <laughs> it should be running up the stairs a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> or working down in the engine. They just looked like anybody could have jumped in, but who knows? Maybe it was like just a civilian's race. It didn't look like these were pro athletes, that there was a team of stair relay, you know, like that there's this is the Olympics of the silo. Yeah. You know, outside of the kids, it really doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for fun in the silo in any way, gray. shape or form. Everything's just yeah. gray and dry. It and is. It, it's, it's wake up, work, go to sleep. Like that's what it feels like across the board. Yeah. Well, Billings uh, splits off from... Juliet, he says, he, well, she sends him to go have lunch with his family. He decides that he's going to go to judicial. He has a request of Sims. However, I think that the request was just that he wanted to take her badge. So the plot in this episode to overthrow Juliet as sheriff was to give a false name of who the friends of the silo, the spies of judicial, mm -hmm. say killed Marnes, and instead... While she's wasting her time with that guy, Ralph Memby, whatever his name was, Ralph Melby, yeah. they go to Kennedy, who they planted the evidence in, and go arrest him as the patsy, right? Yeah. Or the fall guy. Instead, I love this scene. It's my, probably my favorite scene of the episode. She's listening to him, kind of smiling, nodding. Yeah, okay. Because she already found the evidence, so she knows... There, she also knows it's not the apartment of Kennedy, so they've already effed up tremendously. Mm -hmm. She goes to Sandy. This is probably Sandy's biggest contribution. She says, get me a warrant for Kennedy. And he goes, wait, what? Who? What do you mean? No, it's Ralph Melby. And he goes, and if you notice, he doesn't even try to go with Juliet, which means he runs off and probably goes to alert judicial that she's mm -hmm. going down there, which sends Trumbull running out. And the most exciting part of the episode really is his pursuit and I'm sorry, buddy. You got to be sprinting down there. Yeah. You know? It was yeah. a pretty lame power walk at the yeah. beginning. <laughs> it looks like he broke his leg or something. He's walking down there like a Kmart McGregor, you know, out of, the, <laughs> out of the judicial thing. I'm sorry. It's just, I guess this is why Sims didn't want this job. Because if this guy gets caught, he's dead pretty much. Yeah. It's a pretty big job. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you, 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 def you definitely cannot risk getting caught here. No. I'm surprised. So Trumbull does the most brilliant thing of all. Yeah. <laughs> he decides that he's going to run from the sheriff 
and try to kill her in broad daylight in the middle of the most packed mm-hmm. event the silo has seen in the last like 20 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> and by the way, it was very exciting. Like, I love this scene. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing it at all. I, mm-hmm. I really, I loved it. Um, but you got to be strong. Like, he had her one arm on the railing and he couldn't get her to fall from oh, his man, I know. I'd be smacking her fist or something. Yeah. Just I mean, beat the hand until it lets go. <laughs> does he even get away with it if, if she dies? Like, well, what is... Well, I mean, when he was doing that, I don't think anybody really saw him. Nobody, Coincidentally or, or luckily, whatever, nobody noticed. When he was running down the stairs at first... I thought he was going to run into these runners going up the stairs and get bumped and fly over the edge. Yeah, I thought there was going to be a little bit more of an altercation because the way they were pumping up these runners coming up yeah. the silo. Yeah, I'm looking at the runners now. Yeah, they're not bad. They're not bad. They got like strategy. I mean, it's run in a circular motion. <laughs> I get so dizzy. Oh, yeah. It is a fairly large stairwell, which I guess is nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I don't know how people didn't see her. I feel like I just, like, there's people looking all over. Oh, I guess it, they're focused on the runners. No, they no, did. I mean, they did it. see her, though, but only one level. You, I mean, I think people saw her. I mean... We know people saw her, but did more people see her outside of that group that was on that bridge? I don't know. Because they obviously saved her life. I don't know. You know? No, they, they saved her life. So, they went up there and grabbed her by the arms. Otherwise, she would have died. Yeah. I think this is gearing up for Juliet being a woman of the people. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, what does Trumbull represent? He represents the system. The establishment. Very much so, yeah. You know? The old way of doing things. She represents upward mobility for the impoverished to rise up through the ranks not through her daddy's job you know who's a doctor and now she got a position because he's a man of influence no she's rising up from mechanical to the most one of the most powerful positions in the silo if she wanted it i think she could probably win mayor if she wanted it I think she needs to gain the trust of people first. Nobody really knows who she is. 100%. But this is a good thing to put in the resume, right? Solving a double homicide of, you know. Oh, absolutely. Of of your mayor and your deputy. But that isn't getting out there, right? They're not putting that out there. No, I mean, they they weren't killed, right? (laughs) You're going to come off like a conspiracy theorist if, if if you were heard and you tried to say that. Did you find it surprising that Juliet went along so blase with the whole thing of covering up the fact that they were killed that there was she pushed back not at all mm, i don't i don't see it helping her if she did push back that early i mean they they all knew what happened not by whom at least yet i just don't see that helping her anyway by pushing back on it yeah I want it's, pr- it's probably one of the smarter moves that she's made, ver- you know, when you compare that to walking in and asking for Wilkins' file. Yeah. Faux pas there. Yeah. I want to make a point about Billings. He does confirm he is a weasel because after the whole situation where Trumbull almost kills um, Juliet, goes in there and he says, I-, I think I know the guy who's behind this. 
you know who he is. We saw you in an office with him. You said mm-hmm. you knew him by his name. Don't play. So it, when he says that, I realized at that point when he mentions Trumbull to her, mm-hmm. the plan from Judicial now is to make Trumbull the fall guy. Disgruntled Judicial employee, blah, blah, blah. Tried to kill the mayor and Marnes, unhappy about life, and then he killed himself, you know? Yeah. So that was the plan immediately, which makes me think, is, is Billings power hungry? Does he know that this is how the silo works and he's kind of just, I got to deal with the way it works and I'm going to at least make the best of it for myself and my family? You know, I, I want to know more about Billings, even though I think he's a weasel. I want to see if he is in tr- a true weasel or if he's going to eventually have a moment where he looks at Juliet and says, you know, I didn't think change was possible in this silo, mm-hmm. but you proved that things can be done different. You know, like something like that. Yeah. He's just maybe weak and has like a weak spine or whatever, but. Yeah. Um, I mean, he does, he does not seem like evil incarnate to me. Like, he, no. he does have this very nice appearing personality for the most part, outside of the fact that, that he's just snitching on everything. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously an agent of judicial. I was wondering for a moment, like, do you, do you think that it's possible judicial and, or, you know, whoever is pulling strings has been lying to themselves and everybody for so long that nobody really knows? Nobody knows what anybody else is doing in judicial type of thing? That, that and or nobody knows really what is, what is going on outside. Like, they're just kind of following this habit. They may have some sort of system. I, I, this is funny. I did not mean to do this, but kind of like a Dark Knight system. Mm. If you watch Batman Dark Knight, mm-hmm. where the Joker's bank robbery plan is the way to like close out the loopholes is to kill each person that he hired for the job. Yeah. I was told to hire, uh, to shoot the guy. Wait, wait, wait. And he shoots, you know, <laughs> he's just going through and killing every one of the people who's helping him on the job and pretty much closing all the, the, um, What's loose, ends. loose ends. I was going to say yeah. loopholes, loose ends. Uh, no, I know. I, I could, I could hear that word coming off the tip of your tongue. Yeah. Cause that you bring, that's a good point that you brought up because when Sims talks and let's talk about the scenes, probably the most critical scene in the episode. Yeah. <clears throat> we get some backstory on Sims played by common. Mm-hmm. He's coming out of a janitorial closet. That doesn't look like it's just a closet. And that's going to be interesting to find out what is actually behind that door probably one of the most interesting or fascinating things about what does the janitor's role do. And he comes out, uh, Sims is down there, not Sims, um, Trumbull is following yeah. him. He, he's pretty much without hope here himself because he's tried to kill the sheriff unsuccessfully. He got caught going to the apartment that he should should not have known was the apartment, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty much a dead end for him because he even says to Sims, how are you going to make this right? Is there even, he doesn't see a way out, right? Yeah. Sims does him dirty. He gives him a background of his whole life and then pretty much tells him, I've messed up plenty, man. Don't worry. He kind of tries to get his guard down so that it's easier for him. So there's no struggle. Maybe that was the point, so that there was no sign of a struggle. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. So he could throw him off. So it was very, very smart on Sims' part. I would, if I were him, I would want to think that I would have my guard up a little bit, though. Yeah, taking me to, um, how about I just messed up tremendously today? What we do is kill people to protect the silo. I've kind of in line to be one of those people, right? Mm-hmm. But he does look a little 
he you know. he looks he looks a little suspicious at the beginning, but yeah, you know he he does really let his guard down. A little stitious. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised these all these bodies falling from <laughs> the stairs has not like whacked somebody down below. I mean, Juliet's little tool almost took someone's head off. I want to know. There's got to be a guy who has to clean up these bodies, and he's just like, "What the f- is going on here, man?" <laughs> Two bodies and, you know, this is not, you know, he didn't sign up for this. Mm. Scraping yeah. guts off the down deep, you know? Yeah. <laughs> also, also. Trumple falls so gracefully when he yeah. goes yeah. off. I was, I was going to make a comment <laughs> he earlier. Falls so gracefully. <laughs> he's just floating down like somebody skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> It is it is a long drop. I was gonna ask earlier when Juliet was hanging on the rail, would you be would you would you be able to hang on that long or you think you're you're falling? Your adrenaline's kicking, you either you either hold on or you're dead. Yeah. Um look, I don't think any somebody has you by one hand. I don't think you're winning that battle. Me neither. Personally. I know we said there's no plot armor in this show, but Juliet definitely got some you know, a, a, page, little bit. a page yeah. of plot armor there. A little bit. What are you thinking on that long ride down? Jump what, as I'm falling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm praying to God. I'm saying, <laughs> Lord, take me. <laughs> Before actually, I hit the ground. Actually, no, they're saying founders. They don't, <laughs> yeah. even, they don't even know anything of, 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 I mean, I'm assuming they, they would have a concept of God in the silo. <laughs> They don't seem to, though. You know, did we mention we got um an audience member, Amber, sent a her theory about the founders, and it was very mystical. Yeah, I don't have it on hand right now. Maybe maybe you can open it up and read it. I, did we do that in the previous episode? We didn't read through it. I don't think I don't have it up in front of me. I remember it it being something like. Uh, you know, the founders might be like sentient beings yes. that are still alive and they're yes. living in the silo and they're pulling the strings. Yes. I see. I don't, I told, I responded, I replied to her and I said, I don't necessarily think that there's anything mystical going on. That would be a hell of a, a twist in the show that we find out that there's something mystical going on. Yeah. Would I be surprised? Yes. Would, is it super far-fetched? Not. Not really. Not out of the, like, possible of possibility. So to your point of what are they thinking when they're falling, we already saw Bernard pretty much praying to the founders at the burial. So I don't know. Trump, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Trumbull's not thinking of much. Just a really bad day at work. No. He's just saying on the way down, I'm here to serve. I'm yeah. here to serve. <laughs> He's ready, man. He's going to give his life. Literally does. Technically, he is serving. No, he is. I would be really worried about all these bodies falling down to the ground and hitting one of those like ventilation fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that those fans are not critical to the running of the silo. That if well, you... I mean, maybe one, yeah. <laughs> but but I only saw a few down there. I, I think they're just venting out the the heat from the like the engine room or something like that. Very quickly, we've glossed over some important things here. Uh, if you can pause for a moment. Sims talks about his whole backstory. Uh, his father was a janitor. He thought he was just a janitor. Mm-hmm. You know, guy doing his job, holding up his end for the silo. 
until he has a bullying situation in school. I wrote down the name of the bully, Richard Elliott. I'm hoping that he becomes a character later in the show that we can see something between him and Sims, maybe. He has this bullying issue that gets magically resolved when the bully's father gets reassigned to some, like, floor 125 or something like that, he said. And it was in that moment that he realized his dad, he had, like, maybe, like, a Batman moment. And he, his dad's like, I'm not a janitor, son. I'm a hitman. <laughs> you know, whatever yeah. his dad was. <laughs> whatever, the, whatever this janitor role is, you know, this janitor role seems to be like a secret agent that you cannot tell your family, yeah. you know, for their safety. Or, you know, it's the silo is your priority. And he, he has like this epic role of serving that he cannot disclose it. Maybe he has secrets that even Judge Meadows doesn't know about. Not sure, but like I said earlier, I think he wanted Trumbull for his shadow. But the best way Trumbull could serve the silo, I think that is Sims's number one criteria, what serves the silo best. I don't think he is mm-hmm. going to, I'm not sure yet, but I don't think he's driven by ambition. Yet. Mm. I think he wants to serve the silo. Trumbull's best way to serve the silo was to die. Because if he doesn't die, he's a loose end for all of the murders that they did. But I wanted to point out that when he mentions, which is my favorite line in the episode, he goes, you effed up, Doug. (laughs) That was my favorite line in the episode. He goes, "Um, you messed up with Kennedy? And you messed up with Wilkins. Well, with Wilkins and with Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And the moment he says Wilkins, Trumbull goes, you know what happened? So something happened with Wilkins that we don't know about yet. Maybe that's the bit of evidence that she's going to be able to, that Juliet's going to be able to find. But then my other question was, he didn't mention Marnes and Johns as a mistake. So is it literally because it was successful, he's not classifying that as an F up? Or is it because maybe Trumbull didn't kill Johns. Mm, that's interesting. I, they I do, don't they think do they would him. have somebody else that would have killed Marnes, though. Yeah. I need, I need to go No, Mar- he definitely killed Marnes. He definitely killed yeah. Marnes. Because I, I paused it and I saw his face. And yeah. I went to IMDb to see um, the different cast and crew. Okay. And um, I couldn't remember his name, but I saw his face. And I was like, okay, he's a character, I guess. Um, yeah, that, that's just, that was just my general thought there. Sims knew before he spoke to Trumbull that he had gotten into an altercation with the sheriff. This plan was already in motion from the moment uh, everything went wrong with her yeah. asking for the warrant for Kennedy. Anyways, moving on. We meet Judge Meadows for the first time. Um, a bit underwhelming of an introduction to Judge Meadows, I had to say. Uh, yeah, I didn't think it, I didn't know who it was for a moment. Yeah, I'm assuming that's Judge Meadows. Juliet continues to play the political game with the motives of what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. She goes along with pinning it on Trumbull and agrees to stop investigating it. They're going to put John's and Marnes' death as a double homicide on Trumbull. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everyone's pretty much wants to put it on brush it under the carpet they leave there obviously trust is not the same with billings and juliet i'm not sure what billings expects here why on earth would she trust you when you literally were caught with your hand in the cookie jar this episode Mm. i don't know how that gets fixed yeah Yeah, i mean 
he tries to pull that move where it's like, yeah, yeah. I did, I, I lied, but I'm going to tell you I lied. So it's not a big deal that I lied. <laughs> <laughs> okay. San- Sandy asks for reassignment after Julia does everything she wants her to do. Sandy. Okay. <laughs> so I can tell she's the character of the episode that gets under your skin. I just found her that nothing. I'm being harsh. It's like that scene from Happy Gilmore. No, is it Happy Gilmore? No, it's Billy Madison, where he's in the, the spelling bee. <laughs> it's mm. like a trivia fest, and he goes like on this long monologue about whatever he's talking about, and the judges go, "At no point in your rambling incoherence did everyone in this room is dumber as a result of what you have said." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he said. May you go to hell and God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> Anyways, uh, nah, that really wasn't to the extent of Sandy. It just, I just found that there was no payoff with anything that she wanted. So unless yeah. they bring her back and she's crucial later in the season, which I think she will be, everything in this episode seems to did not contribute to the events and the way they unfolded in the episode. It's my only point. Yeah. Chipo Chung, who plays Sandy, does a great job. She's going to listen to this podcast and hate my guts. I'm just saying our character didn't contribute to the the unfolding, but you know, she did her thing. It may, maybe she'll make an appearance later. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll get a change of heart. Yeah. Let's move to Bernard and Julie. Calling her Julie in my notes, because Siri doesn't get mad and not try to autocorrect me on Julie. Okay. Bernard has like a 12 o'clock shadow, or maybe, I don't know, this shadow has progressed into a a looming darkness now. <laughs> I mean, he's got a goatee, stubble. I don't remember it being this prominent before he's been downing bottles of, of old no, days. He's just liquor. been drinking since he's been yeah. down here. Has, has not showered, has not shaved. I and think sat in front of a computer and I don't know what on earth he has been doing. I think he's been drunk the whole time. I think he was drunk during the, ser- the, the funeral speech. He starts mm-hmm. talking about how small her feet were. Nobody can say it. You know, that's something no who's yeah. saying that at a funeral speech. Yeah. Not him, not a guy like him. So I have a feeling he was drunk at that point. I wouldn't be surprised. He does mention that they're gonna need a forgiveness holiday. So he's continuing to bootleg judicial and giving them mm-hmm. what they want. We don't know what a forgiveness holiday is, but the way he makes it sound, apparently it gets pretty rowdy in the silo. So he does pretty much ask. Juliet to make sure there's deputies everywhere. Mm-hmm. Do you think Bernard wants to be mayor? No. I don't think he wants to be mayor. I do think he has an angle. I don't buy the niceness that we got in this episode that uh, Juliet seems to be a little overconfident in. You can but I don't think he wants to be mayor. Is he doing that thing where he says, Man, I don't want to lead. I really don't want to lead. And then everyone looks at him and says, you know, that's why you should lead, Bernard, is because you don't want to lead. And he's like, ah, I guess I will lead. You know? know? And he gets to keep on drinking his merry way. Well, to... he'll be done with that by the end of the week. Yeah, true. By the, t- by the time Juliet gets back up from the down deep, it'll be gone. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. I, I kind of feel like, even though technically, I-, I guess he's second in command to the mayor. It, I mean, that's the way it, it's. I, I think this all played out when mm-hmm. when she had died. He seems to have more power as the head of IT because you, you get to manipulate what everybody 
knows. He's like a branch of government. He's like in charge of, yeah. a, you know, a branch of his own government. Yeah. He gives Juliet two days off to go take care of business. We know Juliet is not going to be doing goodbyes. We know whatever she does in these two days is going to be dedicated towards finding out the truth. Yeah. Which we see later in this episode begins with her going back down to that whole area where George's little camp was, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the cafeteria, man. Can we uh, fact check whether his name is Lucas? It's been a few episodes since we met him, so I just want to make sure. His name is Lucas. He's played by Avi Nash. Nash, however you want to pronounce that. Well, Lucas is there again. He's sketching the outside and referencing these lights in the sky because these people in the silo actually don't know what stars are, which is, as an audience member, I think you do need to remember and put yourself in the shoes of someone who lives in the silo. They have no track record of any sort of human history, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Which kind of goes in line with this other show that we're covering on Wednesdays, The Foundation. <laughs> and in The Foundation, you know, you got Harry Seldon, who is the, the raven, they call him, like the prophet, who's created his own mm-hmm. um, super mathematics called psychohistory. It mixes mathematics with psychology and sociology and the, and the decisions of masses of people. And he predicts that there's going to be a massive catastrophe where everyone's going to lose everything. And so his solution is... We're going to create a foundation so that when civilization spurs up again, we're not starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. And it seems if, if the silo doesn't have something like the foundation, if, if it's not being uh, gatekept by like IT and judicial, mm-hmm. then they have had to start from scratch. And the people who came before them, like the founders, did them a disservice by not giving them the tools that the outside world had, you know? Yeah. It was an incredible plug right there, by the way. Yeah. Oh, if you do want to watch our foundation podcast we post every wednesday and we're going to be covering season one all the way through july 14th until season two premieres on apple tv one of the best sci-fi shows on television uh, and i've watched them all for the most i watch a lot of them for the most part Mm. so not enough though we did get a recommendation for another from um from a a listener that i want to i want to double back on and maybe mention it on the show Okay, Juliet goes down deep. Uh, she does talk to Lucas, and the stars seem to be cleaner on the feed on the top level than they do on the feeds on the bottom levels, which makes me wonder, is that like a little metaphor for class mobility and like the things that are not as good as you go deeper? Or is there a literal device that is manipulating the screens and it's closer to the top than it is to the bottom? Which we already know the screens are being manipulated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I found the little scene with Lucas to be a little underwhelming. Like I thought, yeah, same. I thought I would get like a little bit more of, of an, not, not necessarily an Easter egg, but just like a hint of, of, of something, right? Something that makes me intrigued to be like, oh yeah, what's going on with the stars? I didn't quite get it. Yeah. She visits Martha down deep. Gotta say Martha has a huge space for just one person. Well, it's a workshop. I don't think it's just her own workshop. People are welcome. People are welcome. This is true. However, she's concerned for Juliet because she's been hearing rumors of how she was hanging from a railing and her her multi-tool, you know, almost killed somebody falling Mm -hmm. God knows how many floors down to the bottom. (laughs) Wow, what a way to go. And she... 
she's you know having a, a classic mom moment overprotective and says hey just give your badge away just forget about this let someone else deal with that crap you just come live down here we love that but we love Juliet more because she sticks to her convictions and says she needs to find the truth the device seems to be a camcorder Zach I was right I will say that right now I know you were waiting for the victory lap there I am I mean I gotta get one every now and then come on yes it does seem to be a camcorder although Martha does not seem to be any closer to figuring out how to get it to work Part of the reasons she can't is because she points out one of the most interesting things I've heard on the show so far. The two biggest mysteries about the pact are that you cannot mechanize the way to go up and down the silo. So no lifts, no pulleys. Very weird rule for uh, an entire vertical city. Yeah. And no magnification beyond a certain point, certain power. So you can't zoom into things beyond a certain capacity yeah why would that be could it have something to do with these feeds looking outside that mm. they don't want people to see what's going on or is it because they don't want people to look into relics and the, the technology behind how the relics were made out of out of those two options i would go with the latter yeah yeah i i don't know I don't really know what the true reason would be. I mean, I'm I'm still baffled by the, you know, inability to mechanize vertical travel. Like that again, like seems I'd be so pissed. Yeah. It's 144 floors. It's crazy. You know, we spoke about it on the instant reaction which we post every Friday for those of you who watch the episode on Friday and want a little little podcast commentary for your Friday evenings or Saturday mornings for wherever you are in the world. We post the instant reaction. We talked about, oh man, I'm losing my train of thought here. Mechanizing vertical travel, mm -mm. number of floors. Mm -mm. We talked about, help me out, Zach. That we were we were talking about the magnification. We were talking about vertical travel. She hasn't been able to get the camcorder on. Oh no, I remember what it was. Okay, uh, sorry, that was a lot of dead time. But we I mean, we talked about so much. <laughs> You're building up the anticipation. Keep going. We talked about whether Juliet is tr believing that she is in the clear and trusted as much as she is by Bernard and the other branches. And you thought that she is not as trusted as she thinks. Yeah. That is true. Where do you think that goes? Because she says that she needs to open up an investigation about what happened to George. And Martha's concerned about how she's going to do that without alerting them. Mm-hmm. So how does that go for her? And what is that bait that she's talking about? What could that right bait be? Because that's the cliffhanger that we end the episode with. Is She goes down, we get this long shot on the Pez dispenser. The <laughs> most yeah. important Pez dispenser in the history of the world. It's, it's going to be the bait for the next episode. I, I don't want know that how. Pez dispenser. It's going to be the bait. Find that? Let's find yeah, the Pez dispenser. We should do a Pez dispenser giveaway for the audience. Mm. The little duck dispenser. And we'll, we'll get you a relic. We'll get you a Support relic. Support the show, you'll get a relic. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Zach, we should talk about that. We'll talk about that after the show. Okay. I don't know what kind of bait she would find, but I would assume whatever it is, she's going to find it in this hole. <laughs> you know? I would imagine. Because she has to do a lot of stuff in two days. I'm hoping episode six, we finally get to the bottom of this, of this whole situation. Yeah. But we'll find out. We will. I think what's going to end up happening with this well, Bernard thing is that she's going to end up putting her trust in the wrong person here. And it's going to put her under the spotlight even more than she already is. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know the specifics. I just, I have a feeling that she's going to make a, a misstep well, at some point in the next couple of episodes. If I had to make my prediction, and ladies and gentlemen, if you've been listening from episode one till now, you'll know that I'm fresh out of canon material because I failed at reading the book before the, <laughs> before the show advanced further than I am in the book, unfortunately. But if I had to predict without any spoilers, I think a lot more heads fall. Like, I think... Uh, we're going to lose. I have a feeling we're going to lose like a few more major characters in the next couple of episodes. I would not disagree with that at the rate that we've been seeing it right now. I mean, we're, we're on pace to lose a person an episode. At the, least. On, the only one I think is safe in this show is Juliet at this moment. Yeah. Personally. Well, we'll maybe see. Sandy. Who knows? <laughs> maybe she's we got reassigned. So maybe she's like in the clear. Yeah. She becomes more important later. And that concludes episode five of Silo. Our deep dive on it being complete now. Janitor's Boy, right? The Janitor's Boy. Janitor's Boy, that's w right. What's the title of episode six coming on Friday? The title of episode six is something I can tell you. I think it's I read it. It's called The Relic. The Relic. Oof. Okay, so yeah. that should be interesting. So that means she's got to find something that is epic enough. Maybe it's the relic that she gave to Martha. That's, that is, maybe it's that one or maybe it's something she finds in the hole. What, what do you think it, it's referring I mean, it, it, to? It could, be, it could be multiple things. Well, I was going to ask a question, but I'll, I'll, hold, I'll hold that part off till, till we get to like some predictions for the next episode. I, I, I do think if we're, if we're talking about the relic, it's probably a mix of the Pez dispenser. Given that nice no. long hold there. Yeah, come on. It's got to have some significance. Get the hell out of here. Come on. I was right about it being a camcorder. And obviously the camcorder. Give me a break. I definitely think. That's a horrible theory. Come on. Why? Why? Not? Why? What is she going to do? do you think what is, is she going to put it on the table like a Don Draper Mad Men exactly. pitch? What is this? <laughs> Rubber ducky on top of it. What do you feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The character's uh, not. No, I, I do. <laughs> I, yeah, that's the exact scene that was in my mind um i do think we're going to see what is on the camcorder in the next episode what do you think it's gonna be all right so let, i guess let's get into what do you think some of the be? predictions I, okay i think <laughs> it might be one of two things which i guess are probably the most obvious things but i think it's either some footage of of a cleaning outside like something that somebody had done or it could be footage of this door that's okay. down in that hole i think it's gonna be some cloverfield type shit it's gonna be like guys they're gonna find me i gotta do this really fast <laughs> it's gonna be like shaky camera yeah. like, wait come back he's gonna be running <laughs> going down the hall come back here and the camera's gonna fall and it's just gonna show yeah. like this door 
or something <laughs> of this guy being dragged through a door. That would be hilarious if I'm spot on on what's on the camcorder like to yeah. a T. What if, what if it would be something from, I guess, around the time where the silo was being built and we get some snippet of what went down <laughs> that just, caused this population to now live underground. It's like three contractors saying, what the hell we're building this big old hole for? <laughs> well, catch this, Ronnie. They want to put 10,000 people in this hole. <laughs> and they're not going to know anything's outside. <laughs> it's a big ruse. It's a prank show. It's a new prank show. Like we're in the future. And so entertainment's gone so far that oh, now man. these reality shows are just destroying generations of lives. That, 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 that sounds so much like a Black Mirror episode. Oh, dude. yeah, it does. There, there is one. Like, have you seen the, uh, the episode of Black Mirror where it's like, it's like, it's in the future. And it's like this game show. 10,000 Merits? It's like, I think. Or 100, uh, 100 Million Merits or something like that? Wasn't yeah, that my the one episode. about, wasn't that the one with like um, the social credit system? Or is that a different one? No. This, this okay, is, this that, is the one. I think you're right on the title. It, it's the guy from Get Out. Uh, freaking, uh, what's his name? He's one of my favorite actors. Favorite actors, I'm blanking on his name. Daniel Kaluuya? Yes, Daniel Kaluuya. He has the most epic monologue in that episode. He's holding like a shard of glass to his neck. Yes, that's the one. That, it's that's freaking right. definitely made that monologue is one of my favorite monologues I've ever watched. Like in anything, TV or film. Um, no, man. I, predictions from here. I think she's gonna go to the bottom of the hole. I think we're gonna get a heavy Juliet episode, that, like the next one. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna be progressing forward, you know, because everything now is just blank slate at the moment now it's like yeah. marns and johns are dead now it's just her she has no allies yep and i think we're gonna hopefully find out what's at the bottom of the hole and she hasn't have to and she'll start playing the cards to open up her investigation or to get answers yeah do you think we're gonna get two days down in the down deep or is, or two episodes down in the not. down deep i hope i hope it's just one but who knows it could be two it might be interesting. The way this show's rolling, I think it'll be one. She's got to find some excuse to spend the most time down in the down deep, though, is what I would imagine. Well, she asked for two days, so she's already down there. Assuming she's planning on spending. That climb up is ridiculous. I'm yeah. just saying, that rope climb is absurd, man. We're going to spend some time Oh, there. that climb, yeah. If I ever get to interview Rebecca Ferguson, who plays Juliet, I'm going to ask her about that. All right, let's wrap this. What what categories we got left? What was your favorite character and why? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, Sims? Dang, you wrote the one down that I had. Okay. I think Sims was pretty compelling this episode. Did enjoy Drunk drunk Bernard. That that was fun. He was interesting. I liked Sims with his little... I mean, that... I, I had said it in the instant reaction. I, I think this episode was primarily about Sims. Or yeah. it, at the very least, he was a very large part of this episode. Yeah. If I don't pick him, I'm going to have to go with, with Juliet. And it's just seeing through all the BS. Great move. Kind of a cop-out response, but she's still mine. So whatever. Next question. What was the best scene in the episode and why? Uh, either the the hot 
Speed Pursuit, the foot chase, mm-hmm. or Sims with the whole monologue about his past. Okay, we're really we're really in sync on this one. So yeah, <laughs> mine, was, mine was I wrote two. I was like, it's either Sims on the bridge, or more specifically, it was Juliet ruining Tremble's plan. Right, like Excellent. that was more interesting to me than the whole hot pursuit thing. Excellent. Best line of the episode. You effed up, Doug. You effed up, Doug. That just that that was my line right there. I'll go with any more issues with that bully. Oh, from the father to Sims. Yeah. All right, so both comes from the same scene. That's that's of good. course. Yeah, so the Sims wins. Sims wins. All right. Any that's any standout performances? Mm. Uh, Juliet and Sims. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else that really jumps out at me in this one. Not even not even Trumbull. No, he I didn't I found him yeah. very forgettable. All right, I've got one more question. Okay. Were there any notable weaknesses or missed opportunities? Yeah, Sims um trusting the most important job of his career to a, a rookie shadow. Yeah, I do, I do think that was dumb. My weakness of the episode is one that I mentioned just a, a few mo- moments ago, which was Lucas and his drawings of the stars. I, again, I thought it was, was a bit underwhelming. I wish there was a little bit more like substance there that, that maybe want, makes me want to find out what happened, but I'm not too interested just yet. I'm my, hoping. Um, my cousin who was watching the show as well said <laughs> they, the writers kind of took a jab at some, the flat earthers with Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, they took a jab at flat earthers out there by Lucas saying they move in this circular pattern. It's like even from even the silo people know that the world is not flat. We're gonna, it, do, it, if, it does look. I a little swear, you rounded. imagine like we look at the analytics tomorrow. We lost four hundred followers because like <laughs> they were all flat earthers. Yeah, <laughs> you imagine what's going on. Our analytics. We were tracking flat earthers. Well, I I, I did want to mention while we were while we were recording, we actually did get an email come in. Uh, from somebody named uh, Tayib. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Tayib Rana uh, says, good evening. Great show, gentlemen. Really enjoy the commentary as my supplement to the show. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for sending us an email. Thank you. Uh, Their theory on the stars in the cafeteria is that the pattern they're seeing is actually a digital loop. I agree with that. I I do think, if anything, that is what we're seeing. Mm hmm. Uh, and then it goes on to say, whoever's behind the fake scene, if it's fake, created the single loop time lapse style, which repeats itself and thus the same repeating pattern. Just a thought. Well, I have one hole to poke in that. Go for it. What kind of sophisticated technology do you need that when the cleaner goes out there, you're also seeing him inhabit this environment? That's not a loop when you're seeing Holston. No, you you're, know, you're manipulating. That's, that's, that's some pretty sophisticated tech, man. Well, I did say in what was episode one or two, I want, if that's the case, man, I want to see that technology. Yeah. Well, we'll assuming, see. assuming that what we're seeing is not real on the screens. Yeah. I want to see that tech. Well, with, anyways, good re- with good reason to. With good any reason. last, any, any last comments, predictions? 
Um, any last comments or predictions? No, I do not. Do you? No, I think I mentioned them. I, I'm really excited to see what's on the uh, on the camera, and I really hope we get that next episode. Okay, then let's let's do some uh some office cleaning here, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. All right. Could you imagine listening, like sitting in a room for eighty straight days, not a single minute of a break, and only listening to our content? Like no know. break, no no lunch, dinner, nothing. You're just I mean, I listening think I'd to fall our asleep at some at a few days into that at least. That's one thousand nine hundred and thirty seven hours. Mm. That makes up forty five percent of our listeners out there who are listening and enjoying the Story <laughs> Archives content on the Silo Podcast. What you are doing is the equivalent of sitting eighty days in your home, like Silo dwellers, and listening to our content without doing yourself a justice of knowing. That you don't have to sit in your house waiting for the next episode. You could hit follow. You could hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And you'll just know you can go about your day, go about your life. And you'll find out on a Friday, Sunday, and a Wednesday that you got a (laughs) brand spanking new entertaining episode of Story Archives waiting for you in your beautiful podcast inbox, wherever you enjoy podcasting. So for all of you 45% of listeners out there who are enjoying our content, if you enjoy our content please follow, subscribe. It really helps us get discovered out there. We are independently owned, independently produced. There's no big company uh, that's owning us like the silo that is funding, like the company that owns the silo that is a, a giant workshop for <laughs> some mega Amazon corporation out there in, in the futuristic world of silo. But no, in all, in all seriousness, um, thank you all for listening and thank you. And we, we hope it's entertaining you. And If you would like to support our show, we have a support our show page in the show notes where you could either give a donation or subscribe like our first subscriber ever, Linder Metz out there. Thank you again. We'll keep on shouting you out. Much appreciated. And we're very much just um, picking it up here. So we hope you're you're enjoying it and along with us for the ride and seeing how things grow and progress. We also encourage you to tune into our foundation series that we're doing on Wednesday, we also picked that series because we think that you out there in the audience will enjoy it based on what we are seeing you're enjoying with Silo. And first and foremost, we enjoy it. So we hope that we can help almost be a a guide of sorts. If maybe you don't know what to watch, maybe one day we can say, check out this show on, on XYZ Network, you know? We'll be your foundation. I don't know. That's a bit extreme. Your repository for information. That's a bit. I mean, hopefully in the future that people can just tune in and be like, all right, they have a list of shows here that they're saying are good. And in, in the past, we've liked the stuff they like. So let's give it a go. Do you want to mention the other show that we might begin doing from Apple? There's another show we're going to be doing? Yeah, it was the one mentioned in the email. No, I don't want to mention it yet. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll hold it off then. You'll have to stay tuned to find out what that show is. Okay. Zach, take it away. Do the the rest of the outro. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Silo from Story Archives, the number one podcast in the world for Silo by Apple TV. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or you can visit a website at soapbox.house. And if you want to send us an email, again, you can shoot us an email at contact at soapbox.house. We love your emails. Also, we are posting all of the episodes Zach started the heavy work of uploading all of our Story Archives podcast episodes to YouTube to take advantage of the 2 billion users 
on the platform and that they're adding it to YouTube Music. So if you're a YouTube Music payer out there, why don't they just bundle YouTube Premium? You know, I and YouTube know. TV and YouTube Music. You know, I might. I stop asking myself these questions. <laughs> like the silo people. <laughs> like the silo people. <laughs> anyways, I mean, I love YouTube. To me, YouTube is king. But, um, you know, anyways, let's let's get out of here. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you. And I guess I'll end this with, I want to go out. Oh, yeah. Happy Memorial Day for all of y'all in the States. Happy Memorial Absolutely. Day. Absolutely. And thank you all the servicemen and women out there. If you've served, thank you for your service to the country and towards and for us out there. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.